Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cantina MX Football Podcast, episode 347. Everybody was amazed to see Barcelona in the league. Oh, no, wait, that was Chivas playing some football champagne over the weekend against the controversial Pumas and Danny Alves. But apart from that, we will be talking about everybody in the table, Rayados, America, and the, the usual suspects. We also have a Partido Molero tomorrow, the Selección de Mexicos in Atlanta. Shout out for our listeners in Atlanta. Uh, they're going to be playing against Tata's ex-flame Paraguay. And also, some new swag came out, some, some jackets, some away jerseys, and all the simps are first in line to buy this shit. So before I go any further, let me welcome Joel to the podcast. Joel... How we doing? I'm doing good, Jaime. I think I was one of the few Cadena believers. So it's nice to see uh, it's paying off. I'm just glad they let them. Uh, they let them stay because there was heavy pressure for like pretty much the whole start of the season, the first four or five games. Just heavy pressure to boot them off. A lot of pundits, which is like I, I never agree with that. Like, like I understand criticism. Um, you could do constructive criticism, but then to start calling for someone to get fired, it's, it seems a bit. It's always seemed a bit extra for me. Well, it was merited because he had a worse start than Michel Leano. Yeah, it's true, but I mean. I've always been for allowing a coach to finish, you know, to finish the season. You brought him in. And he was interim. He wasn't him that much. He wasn't presented as this is going to be our, our Gallo. No, the first, well, the first, that was last season. This season he was. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, lo confirmaron and they, you know, Pelais gave the thumbs up. So, I mean, at that point, let him finish the season. So, And that's always been my stance, you know, no matter the team. Uh, I would say the only, the exception would be if, if the team is like a complete disaster, like you're losing, like, you know, you're getting goleado. It's like 3-0, 4-0 defeats. Yeah. You know, it's, it's. But if the way they were playing, uh, they weren't really being outplayed. And there was a few games where they could have won. So it was a team that was struggling, but they weren't really terrible. So, uh, Well, I'll tell you this much. Uh, I, I caught a video from about two weeks ago. He has been in Deportes. And uh, uh, I forget his name, Craterface. What's his name? Oh man, greater face. Yeah. Hector Huerta. Thinking back, Hector, yeah, Hector Huerta. Ah, good. And he had Colazo. Some... <laughs> What's up, Colazo? What's up, Colazo with the save. <laughs> yeah. Well, he had these like documents, and he had all this uh, evidence about Profut, and uh, <laughs> he was going in on Chivas, and everybody was going in on on Cadena. 
This was two weeks ago, bro. <laughs> this was two weeks ago. <laughs> Everyone was asking for his head and how. It's a, it's a, we we have to do give credit, Jaime. We have to give credit to uh to the Chivas former GM. Um, Who's Teanda. that? He, uh, Teanda. He actually said this team is gonna do good. I, I he said he he trusted the process and that he saw that they just needed a little bit to get over the hump and he he actually he was one of the only ones that you know there was like knew that things weren't as bad as they looked oh uh, well crater face went on on espn deportes and said that you know coincidence that like all these players from tapatio are getting promoted and they have the same like uh, is it promoter or is it agency or what is it? Agency. Agency, yeah. And yeah. that, and then coincidentally, like you know, a few players were were sort of hoarding holding outs that had looked really good, you know, Buquet and and Tepa Gonzalez, and you know, all of a sudden they've been kind of just pushed to the side, and it's because they haven't signed with that agency or whatever. So like, the theory was that like, oh, you know, the only reason that Ricardo's uh, coach is because he's also with that agency and it's kind of just like good business all around to have somebody that <laughs> that has like the same sort of uh and what's the word motivation to like you know promote players or whatnot it, this was two weeks negative. ago this was two <laughs> weeks ago man but you see you see the whole they presenting the story and basically they're just focusing on like the negative aspect and why it's bad yeah they're not even like you have to be a bit um, what's the word I'm looking for? Subject? No, not subject. But like, like kind of open-minded and see it from all possible angles, and not just, not just like, oh, there's some trickery going on. Uh, Chivas is a club that's been held hostage many times by the big promoters in in Liga MX, where they're forced to to get certain coaches in order to get players, you know, or or only certain players get negotiated to them. Um, so if they did do their own agency, like low key, you know, put Mariano Varela and, and others in charge of it. Um, I don't see anything wrong with that where they have to kind of protect their investments because that's what it is with, with young players because they're paying for the development. So it's an investment they have. And, and some of these players since they're 12, so they get to about 18 and then some promoters would, swoops in, you know, slides into the DMs and then takes him away. At that point, they're kind of losing. They're losing out on their investment. So at that point, it's like, well, then I don't have an obligation to to keep promoting you. Since you want to leave, then your promoter could then place you in another team. And that's where they get them because most teams are not going to pick up youth players. These are very, very good, but I mean, for the most part, they're not. So, I, in that regard, I, I, you know, I applaud Chivas for doing that. They do have to protect themselves. Yeah. So there was this huge like campaign against Dick Chain, and <laughs> and um, you string three victories in a row, and we went from seventeenth position. 17th to seven in two weeks, yeah. man. 
three wins and everybody's got the champagne bottles out and everyone's celebrating and bro this is crazy this is so crazy man it, you know but but i mean Chivas had been racking up points here and there um maybe not wins but points but and uh i don't know if ricardo was here to say i knew you were going to say that <laughs> which i'm gonna say it's a uh, just the league, it's it's very competitive and it's very, like, for example, from Monterrey's in first with 24 points. So the difference between first place and sixth place is three points. That's one game. Uh, so sixth place will be Toluca. They're basically one game behind Monterrey. America, which is in second, and Santos, which are in third, they're just two points, which is still the same, just one game. They're only one game when they, which they will have the game left to play because Monterrey already has their 12 games. Um, and then Pachuca and Tigres at 21. And then uh, then we do see a jump between six, just 21 points, and seventh Chivas. Chivas is at 15. So they're two points, two, not, not two points, two games, six points. Um, but then we see the, the closeness again right from uh, 15th to 7th because Cruz Azul right there in 15th, 11 points. Yeah. So again, it's the difference is two games. If she was losing <laughs> two games, Cruz Azul wins them. And, and you know, even though I, I dislike the Liguilla system, I do like this, um, this parity, which it's very competitive and it's, it's crazy, like you said, how from one week to the next, you know, especially Doble Jornada, you know, the table could get scrambled up. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, I, I, I think it's safe to say, man, that Liga MX is honestly one of the most competitive leagues in the world. I'm not saying the best, but competitive because of that, uh, because of the system. It, it can go to just about anybody, man. And I know sometimes people mistake when when you say that it's the you know potentially, you know, yeah, one of the most competitive. Uh, but it is top twenty in the world. It is, which is like, which is like, there's about two hundred leagues. Top twenty is it's impressive. I would make yeah. an argument that it's in the top ten. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'd say top twenty to play it on the safe side. Um, it's probably ranked similar to the selection between 13th and, you know, about 13th. But but I went to Colasso. Tata said the same thing you did yeah. when he came on board. And he got attacked. And I remember, I think it was one of his first pressers, he doubled down. And well, he it, said, well, and again, I think it has to do with people mistook it for him saying that it was, you know, the you know one yeah. of the the best in the league. They're in the uh, one of the best leagues in the world, not not competitive. And the well, first yeah, time I he... heard it was from a local radio guy who does oh. a, a Mexican soccer show. I mean, this is like maybe yeah. a decade ago, and oh, it, 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 and I, I sat there registered it from him, and I'm like, no, you know what, this guy's right. It's true. What that I think compared it to La Liga, and he said it was more competitive. And again, yes. like you said, they they mis they mistook for being better. Yeah. And he doubled down in his first presser, and he said, how are you calling it competitive if you're Almeria, Almeria and you're getting your shit pushed in by Barcelona 5-1? <laughs> like, what's so competitive about that? This is true. And he's right. 
Yeah, and he's right. You could be Juarez here and you could go up against America and you have a a good chance than any low level team going up against uh, America of Spain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, going back to the Dick Chain part, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think, you know, and, and I'm, I'm kind of guilty of it as well because, I, you know, the expectation, you know, that the Chivas fans have for for Chivas, you know, with, with, with the way they started off the season, I don't think we really paid attention to that. I think there was like a total of six draws, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. It was like six games that they drew, and it's just because we couldn't put put the ball in the net. And now that they put the ball in the net, yeah. (laughs) Now the ball's in the net, you know. They seem to be heating up a little bit. I don't know if it's Fools Gold or not, not, but it certainly makes it for an interesting season. Yeah, they were giving up a lot of last-minute goals and just not being able to put away the penalty kicks. So, I mean... You know, Ricardo Pelaz had a conference earlier this this season, and he was saying like, "Hey, look, we're not losing games, but we're not winning them either." And I don't know, man. I just feel like something has just finally clicked. I think it was after like their last embarrassment, and they said, "Hey, we're gonna give away tickets for free." I think something just like clicked there, and they realized like, "Yo, we gotta we gotta get this shit done." And uh, obviously, what we saw on Saturday was a culmination of all that. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get okay. to see the game, but. Uh, I was there at the baby shower. I had the phone on my, on the table trying to stream it. And uh, no, I mean, I got to see the, the goal afterwards. And I was like, holy shit, man. Like, that was that was some next level shit. Like, reminds me of, like, that goal, like, uh, Toluca scored on, against America. Although I will say that, that goal was probably a little bit more impressive. But similar, similar, very similar. The three, the three back heels from Alexis. There was, like, four, bro. It was just a lot going on in that in that goal, and then for me, the 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 my favorite part of the whole sequence is the the dummy by Nene, just like letting that ball go through. Oh, bro, that's that's some next level shit, bro. Like you have to have really was, good awareness. There was a cherry on top of the cherry. Did, did, did you did you yell at the top of your lungs at the baby shower? No, because I I saw that after. I I didn't get to like celebrate when it happened live. It was it was afterwards. Yeah, but. uh it was a great goal, and Pumas, man, continuing to to get a lot of criticism with Danny Alves just collecting a paycheck. Do you think his his uh, ticket to the World Cup is is that is that risk right now? I don't think he's gonna get called up anymore. I can't I can't see it happening. His his form is is is, is pretty piss poor, and he's he's thirty nine years old, right? I think like I think Brazil just have so much respect for him because of like him having the most you know most trophies, and like he would be like you know just like the guy that you call up to the World Cup. He's probably not going to play in it, but you know there if, is extra, and, and then let us remember the extra yeah. slots. I would say like he has like what thirty nine, so it'd be perfect to get like a World Cup trophy as his fortieth. You know what I mean? Like the cherry on top of his career, but who knows, man? I think I think his hey, probably, his spot is in jeopardy. Did, yeah, I mean, you'll probably go along for the ride, I guess, but... But you know what? There's, there's players that they could be asked in their club, and then with the selection, they're just... Ochoa? They're fine. Dude, like, like Gio and Gio. <laughs> Giovanni. He was just always riding pine. And then he'll come to the selection, and he was like Ronaldinho. 
I think like Carlos Vela too, because he wasn't getting action at his time at Arsenal. But he would come in the Seleccion and do some crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of players that do step up. Um, I think he might be at risk because uh, the coach recommended him to go MLS instead of got Mekki. Uh-huh. They have actually sent their assistants uh, to go watch the game. So I don't think it's one of those situations where they were like, uh, yeah, you know, let's just take them as an uh, extra guy to have leadership. Because if you look at Brazil's depth, they don't have a lot of depth on that right-back decision. And one of their concerns is that he's playing midfield. But they have a lot of players with good talent that play that position <clears throat> right now. Yeah, but, but this guy's like, he's so much experience. He's not going to forget, you know. Dude, he'll he, get he smoked on the sidelines he, if, if he tries to defend. Uh, like, No, nah, man, he's smart, dude. He's, he knows, man. I don't think he'll get smoked, but it brings up a point. Why is he not playing right back with Pumas? Because he, it's in his contract that he has to play midfield. I don't know why. But that's it's it's literally in his contract. He has to start in every game, and he has to play in the midfield. It's weird, <laughs> but he negotiated that in there. Yeah, that's super weird. Because no, he would do great at right back, especially with the system Pumas have set up. Hey, Joel, do they have you doing the dishes or what, man? I was actually close enough. I was getting a bottle ready. Ah, nice. I get to sleep. All right. And this is pretty (laughs) pathetic, but after the game, after the beatdown, Gordon Grisuela goes up to Danny and asks for his autograph. I'm like, come on, bro. He should be asking for your autograph. (laughs) (laughs) Who was the who was the player that was it a Chivas to Chicharo? And he had like all the shirts. Oh, he had like, like every, shirts. He had like every shirt. Training shirts and yeah, <laughs> he had like every shirt that Chicharito wore or something. It was crazy. It wasn't El Nene, was it? No, it was a fan. Oh, fan. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was a player. Nah, it was a. He just had it was the gear. I think. Oh, okay. There was one where like, hey, look, this is the photo you took of me when I, you know, when when you were at Chivas and like. Let's take another one. I'm like, damn, bro, you got fat. That's what he said. He's like, you got fat. <laughs> He's like, are you sure it's the same guy? <laughs> yeah, it's funny as hell. So um, we, we're going to bring him back to Liga Mekis, but I do think that an interesting statement that Tata said today is that uh, 50% of his list for Qatar is already gonna uh is getting ready to play against Paraguay. Fifty percent, bro, that's a lot of players. And keep in mind these are domestic based players. They're not counting the Euros. You think about it mainly in Europe. Yeah. I mean there's 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 a few younger guys that are over there on in, in uh lesser leagues and stuff, but uh you know the, the 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 crop in in Europe isn't all that all that big right now, right? What what do you have? Uh, you're gonna go with like he, ten guys maybe in Europe. Jimenez, uh, Edson. You guys think? Yeah, Edson, Lainez, uh, Chucky, Guardado, Linus, uh, maybe Marcelo Flores. Doubt maybe it. him. I don't know if what. Yeah, I don't know if Guardado's. What do you guys think? Guardado's going? Yeah, oh, Guardado's yeah. going. Um, we got a we got a few cats out there. 
Artiaga, and then uh, what's the name of the cat that's over in Italy right now? Uh, oh, Johan Vasquez. Johan Vasquez, yeah. Yeah. What what's in Flores part of the the promo for the New the, Jersey? Yeah. yeah, him and Lines, yeah. Yeah. And you know what's fucked up with Lines? They they still made him sit on a bench. <laughs> Even in the promos, they know they know where where, where he belongs. <laughs> He looks like the kid that sells, uh, what was it? What was he selling in the peak? And, and he went viral because he could ask in like five languages. Empanadas. Yeah, he looked like the empanada kid. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because there's videos of like, where, where is he now? Oh. They look the same, dude. There was one video. Is that what he was like selling panochas? What? <laughs> It's like a, it's like a pastry, man. Don't have a dirty mind. I yeah. see. No, 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 no. Hoel would agree, man. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, I gotta. I'm, I'm trying to pull up the list right now because I'm. I don't even know who's going to Atlanta. I know, like, we talked about it, but dude, like, I'm just concerned because Pisaro's on that list, bro. I'm like, I don't want Pisaro to go to Qatar, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but you you also see he said that uh, Pizarro, Montes, Gallardo, that uh, Selección is not a place to come and like get your minutes, but can also be a place to uh, give players the form, the identity that they should have. Uh, so he kind of, he kind of basically said like, yeah, I know they're not informed, but we can get them informed over here. You don't come to the Selección to get formed. That is such yeah. a shitty like attitude and mindset to have, man. You imagine any other selection that does that, bro? I, I mean, I would agree, but Mex doesn't have that many players. Bro, and, we and do. They and they're they not getting called the U.S. I think well, the U.S. Think, does the same thing. I mean, what do you think they do with Linus? If it was based on form and minute times, he would have not been getting any call-ups. We have, I don't know, man. I mean, Linus yeah. does, does he, he could be lining in a bottle. But I'm not gonna put him over Vega. I'm not gonna put him over like some of the players that are in form in Liga. What about Pocho, uh, Pocho Guzman, man? He's doing great, and I know he has a drug problem and a bad history. But that guy I, should be going I to Qatar. He should. Um, I don't know if he still has. Yeah. No, that's a cabrón's gonna end up in jail over there in Qatar, man. If he goes. But. Yeah. But no, yeah, no. I mean, th- th- this isn't the this isn't uncommon with the the Mexican national team, right? You go back to was it Vela and Gio back in the day, and yes, and all that stuff, right? Where you got your Euro based players who aren't getting any time. I guess on a positive note, though, uh, like Lainez, uh he's been playing. Didn't he score this past weekend? I think he finally got one in. Yeah, and I think he even had an assist with that as well. So yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's starting to get some playing time. Uh, and some of these guys are as well. I think even uh, uh, Jimenez got, uh, what's it, El Bebote, right? He got some, got some minutes and scored a goal. Had an assist, so. Yeah. Know. I think right now uh, things are starting to heat up for, for the striker department, which is, oh, it's so nice to have that problem as a coach. Like, who the fuck do I call, you know, like. You have Henry Martin, obviously scoring goals. You have Saldivar, who came out of fucking nowhere, and yep. uh, and you know you have Raúl, who should be our our starter. Like on paper, like he's the one mm-hmm. that's like earned it. 
based on his on his trajectory or whatever. But before I mean, the injury, Funes Mori was, uh, I think, even scoring a little bit. I mean, even some yeah. of them were PKs, but I think even he was scoring. I really hope he, he doesn't make the roster. He ended though. with the bicycle <laughs> kick against uh, Panama. <laughs> that's that's when he earned it for me. Oh, Raul, you mean? Etern- et- Raul, yeah, eternal, eternal call-ups, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, Deco, he's, man. When he's in form, man, I mean, when he, before his injury, bro, he was... He was top five in the Premier League as far as strikers, man. He was he was doing really good. It's just like he's not the same striker anymore. But who knows, man? It's a it's a good problem. I and I think that goes back to what were we were saying about like how the four three three doesn't work. We got to go to four four two. I think I agree. We have plenty of strikers, and it'd be nice to have two going at the same time. Um, especially now that we lost uh, the Gatito Corona. As far as uh, the swag that dropped the away jersey with all the uh, the drawings on there and like the crema and the burgundy, what do you guys what do you guys think? Are we feeling this? Do we hate this? Do we like I, this? I like the jacket. I like the flip jacket. Yeah, I was a fan of the jacket as well. Uh, <laughs> the jersey, well. I gotta get used to it, I guess. I don't know. I'm I'm never getting used to the the new badge. <laughs> the badge sucks, man. Stretch. I'm I'm never gonna like it. I wonder if like you can use like uh like gasoline to like remove the badge or something. You probably can like it's, people now could print it's heat pressed on. It's, yeah. If you get the authentic you could print your own and put it on top. Yeah. If you get like the player version of the jersey, um, it's heat pressed on. It's not stitched on. I think uh, I think I sense a business opportunity. <laughs> Let's do it, bro. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I caved in like a little bitch, and I I did order the jacket because that shit's fire, bro. That shit is. It is, man. I like it. It's reversible. Yes, yeah. That's the part that like sold me. It's like, all right, there's times where I don't want to be wearing the bright ass green, but I still want to like you know, represent. So, but apparently they sold out that shit. That shit sold out quick, man. Um, going back to league and Mekis, what other significant results did we have uh, over the weekend? We're, we're going to start from the top. Jaime. Rayados. Monterrey. Yes. Um, the coach, he was, they were calling him Rey Miedos. <laughs> they're saying now uh, he's you know he was another coach that was getting a lot of flack uh especially from last season coming into this one and uh Monterrey just weathered the storm and they're in first place obviously they might not be there after America plays or Santos one of those two um but they're still candidates to finish top top three, I would say. And I think that's just that's just how Buse is, where he'll um It's not pretty, echo, but he gets the results. Yeah, that's what I like about him at Chivas, where it's like I know it was not forward champagne, I know he left certain players in the bench or whatnot. But to me, he will get the job done as far as like putting in positive numbers. Like at the end of the season, Chivas' numbers would be good. 
uh, goals scored, uh, goals for, goals against, how many points, that type of thing where I felt that's what the team has been lacking. And he's like, all right, they need to be consistent season after season of like they're finishing at certain spot and scoring this amount of goals because then they could build from there as opposed to like very consistent team that finishes lower of the table and it's like doesn't qualify and and all of that. So I always felt you need to at least, um, you know, be on the right path. Uh, so I, who did they play? Do, do you know who they, who they played? When on, uh, yes, uh, they played uh, Tijuana. It was yesterday. Yeah, Tijuana. So I say good win for them. And then America, which was briefly in first place. So that's that's the other top story. And I, I said it back then, I do see them as staying in the top spots until the end of the season. And if Ame and Chivas also hold their, you know, how they're playing, the Clásico is looking to be pretty good. So, uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But, but Santos, man, we, we really have to give some credit to them. Uh, this is a team that since Orlegi went to, you know, they jumped to Atlas, Santos was looking ass, but they're third place. Uh, pretty impressive. They snuck up there. I, I don't think they get much love from the media. Um, and on the opposite end is Atlas, all the way in 16th. They went back to being Atlas. <laughs> they, they, just, they just, what was it, 3-0 they lost to Leon? That, that, that sounds uh, right. 3-1, yeah. 3-0. Yeah. So, so it's crazy. Um, I guess Atlas, after two wins, they're, they're is there finally the Campionitis kicked in? You're talking about a club that hadn't won anything since the TV was in black <laughs> and white. They won two. They're done, bro. They're done for another 70 years. It, hey, it was either 140 that, years, actually. It was, it was either that or they lost their perks with the with the ref. The refing perks. It's like when you're making love to a woman, you just, after a certain time, like, how many times? Like, I made you come twice. What more do you want? I can't keep going. This is not sustainable. No, we... We're clowning. I think Atlas is going to they're gonna bounce back. Orlegi has a very good track record of this. I see Atlas. What a, what a luxury that ownership must have. It's like, hey, like our, our horse, our stud, is he's done, man. But well, don't worry. We still got another one. It's like people I, I, forget yeah, about Santos. When that's the other thing, I don't think they worry. That's the good thing about them because they have this projected already. They kind of have like – they kind of have it mapped out. And um, I bet they already – like they already have – like how the team is gonna be in a season or two, so I don't I don't think they make, you know, they get all like bent out of shape. Um, so yeah, going down the list, Pachuca in fourth is the other team that's been that's been uh, I, I, it's like you know they call it Ranchuca and it's like I guess because they're in a small venue and they don't get much love. So these two teams, Santos Pachuca, kind of similar. If we think about them, you know, the the Grupo Pachuca and Grupo Orlegi, like small. Um, when I'm saying small, like like teams in small venues mm-hmm. from like owners that aren't that like. I don't think they're that rich when compared to like the Femsas or like the 
Cemento Cruz Azul or maybe even a Televisa, but certainly enough money to to be able to, to fund more than a team in the league and, and have them very competitive. Well, they, they've they've done a nice whatever it is they're doing. They've done a nice job. They've developed some damn good Mexican players, man. Yeah, they've they've been one of the few clubs that you know has been able to develop and you know in some instances uh, send off to to decent teams in Europe, right? So, um, well, whatever program they have, man, they 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 work that thing properly because they're always comp- They always seem to be competitive. If they are off, it's for a tournament, right? Yes. Yeah, yes, it is. Pressure as well. I mean, if Santos, Pachuca, true. True. you know, they're in fourth place or 13th, 15th place, who really cares? Uh, yeah. It is nice that they are, I wouldn't call them smaller teams, but, you know, they're like medium-sized teams, and they uh, can turn up on seasons and just bring more action to the league. Uh, the reason I say that because there's two, team, two teams I don't think should be in the league at all. Uh, Mazatlan and Querétaro. Juarez, yeah, I'd say three. Uh, I, I think that was one of the things that sucked about getting rid of relegation because there are a lot of teams that have a lot of history uh, in first division that are, are currently stuck. Uh, you know, so those are three teams I would definitely get rid of. They don't bring nothing to the table. Uh, they lose uh, the violence with like Querétaro, now yeah. like the, the city of Juarez. I just think there's so many better venues that they could maximize financially and from a sporting point of view. Oaxaca. Especially those three pauses. Well, you know, I agree with you about those teams shouldn't be there just because they sort of bought their way in there. Mazatlan just buys Morelia on your third first, you know. They didn't even have to earn it. Um, but I do think some of them, like as far as like, what they bring to the table... Uh, at least stability as far as like a club goes. Mazatlan, you know, nice stadium, but at least their players are getting paid. Very opposite of what was going on with teams like Veracruz, Veracruz. and ha, ha, um, I keep saying, uh, yeah, Jaguares. Jaguares where they owed, you know, what they were like month three of not getting paid. Uh, I think there was, was it a year or two years ago that they showed, they showed a, uh, the stadium, you know, the Jaguares Stadium, mm-hmm. and it looked like from those zombie apocalypse movies. It just looked <laughs> abandoned and grass growing, and it's like. Do they not have like a a team in there? They're zombies. I don't know, but I mean, if like they have the... a small team, they're they're not going to play in that. That you know, they're going to play in smaller venue. Because right? I know, know the... I know, like uh, you know, there's like like two or three lower divisions. Uh, I would assume there's some some hope that there's. Team in Chiapas. Well, their teams like it's like the Water Boy. Remember the when he's playing <laughs> that. That's uh, that's kind of how it is where they're at right now. It's all run down. Um, <laughs> but but it's it's I think you know and and that's the thing with with um with Liga MX where it's like these teams that don't that don't they shouldn't be there. At the same time, it's like the teams that kind of won their way in there couldn't even stay there. Um, so it's like Lobos blew up, yep. right? They, they couldn't afford it. They, they couldn't, and what was sad, they couldn't even get a TV deal. Yeah, they, they couldn't even get that. Leones Negros was in and out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but and Lobos, that's... what, they compete with Puebla. It's like two little teams competing for that area. Leones Negros have a lot of history, but same thing. They were competing with Chivas and Atlas. Um, and Tecos. But I think, yeah, and Tecos. But, I mean, I think there's teams, you know, like Dorados, Atlante, Celaya. Uh, no, but, but it's the ownership. to the league than, like, Querétaro or Juarez. Yeah, but, but see, like, they don't have money. That's the thing. And not only they don't have money, they can't find investors. And so that's that's been the thing with, with those teams why, like, Taira Platos and all these teams that have more history sort of, like, Tampico. disappeared. Um, dude, Leon. Leon yeah. uh, got bought for $5 million. That's crazy. They, Leon is one of the historic ones. And when they got relegated... Um, the previous ownership, I, I forget because it's it's a bit of a mess thinking of like ownership and who owns what and and whatnot. But they sort of like gave up on the team and and then uh, I forgot who bought them and then Pachuca, Grupo Pachuca, ended up with Leon. It's insane, you know. It's yeah, like it crazy. Uh, it's like Rayo Vallecano owning Atlético Madrid. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. You know, they're from the same city. Well, no, not, they're not from the same city. But, I mean, comparison-wise, though, it's a really small team, and then they, yeah. they end up owning the bigger team. And it's like, how the hell that happened? And it's like, because there's no investors and people aren't really putting in money. And so, yeah, you when, when they did the Liga MX, did the whole thing about, like, okay, you need to have these requirements, which is not – they're not that, you know – they're not that strict, especially if you compare them to like Bundesliga. They're they're pretty tame. Yeah. There was only three teams that qualified. You know, and, and the stadium was one because I thought um, I thought they needed like thirty k, and it ended up being like you just need a fifteen k stadium. And so that's you know, that's something like you should be kind of to build the way um, when the Caxa went to Ascalientes and they made their new stadium. So I think that's like when you get the Mazatlan. You have to have a project, and, you know, a vision. With, and it's similar to NFL where they get the city behind them. And then the city puts the bill on like building a stadium, which is, you know, some of the stuff that's happened in, uh, in Opachuca, where it's like the, the state or whatever gave them lands or they don't charge them taxes, mm. you know, they, which helps that team stay there, which in turn you know, generates revenue for, for the city. <clears throat> Whenever there's games, you know, they get uh, visitors and whatnot. And as far as um, foreign investment, we'll see if uh, this new TV show on FX, the the one about Wrexham and Ryan Reynolds and the guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, we'll see if that in like inspires or like influences other celebrities to start looking at football as a as a venue for like investing in, I mean, we already have celebrities in, in Ecaxa and stuff. So who knows, man? Yeah. Longoria, right? Longoria. Yeah. We already have the, uh, remote workers infiltrating Mexico city and gentrifying the, uh, the, the town. <laughs> Why not, uh, gentrify Liga Mekis and turn it into weren't like, you a... doing, weren't you doing that? Jaime? Oh, I wasn't working. Low from... key. No, no, no. I wasn't, I wasn't doing that. I was on vacation, bro. I was, <laughs> I didn't even bring my work laptop or anything. I'm like, I'm chilling. 
I, I could have heard some comment like that. Colasso, you do you recall saying I, I could move over here? Oh, and, I, I'm willing to. Oh, are you kidding I, me? With my salary, you, I, you for show, I for sure. I for sure move <laughs> to yeah, Mexico and do that. And the chauffeur. They're going to want to build the wall the other way, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, if you, if you get a chance to watch the show, it's cool. You know, like it's super random. Rex, I don't even know who they were. And like one of the oldest clubs in Wales and they have like a great history. And they're in the lowest division that's still considered professional, the fifth division. And their goal is to get that team to the second, like the football league two, which is the fourth division. Like this is not like a big goal. You know, this is like, damn, bro. Like these these players, they said the average uh, average salary for like these players are like, you know, less than forty eight thousand. Yeah, yeah, like like forty thousand quid a year. But but they're like, but I'm still professional. You know, I'm still living my dream. <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah, those first two episodes last night, man, with my wife, and and uh, we enjoyed the show again. Like like you were saying, man, it's a nice little history lesson about that club. And then how you're taking this club that's just completely wrecked down at that fifth division, and they're trying to just move them up, baby steps, right? And when I when I heard how much like three million, I'm like, three million? Why don't we buy a team, bro? What the fuck? Like, we can get a, like enough followers and just like let's do this, bro. Let's buy a team and like let's let's do it. Let's do like football manager, but in real life, three million to buy it, and then like another three to. Well, between Joel and Al Pastor, I think they got oh, it down, right? We got to call our... We can buy uh, Tapatio uh, offsets <laughs> on that for Chivas, and they can just keep the U-20s, the 17s. Tapatio, what all Chivas hermanos want. Chivas, to be. Yeah, that'd be crazy, man. I'm sure one of us has a rich uncle, uh, you know, can reach out to. Maybe we can convince them on... When they're hella drunk, you know? You know that time of the, the party when it's like... <laughs> It's like 3 a.m. and everyone's all either passed out or still like trying to party. And then you have those conversations like, what the fuck, man? I don't even know who you are. Do I even know who you are anymore? But, or, or win like the Powerball. But low key, I could see Jaime moving over there. <laughs> and, and being like the dude from uh, Club de Cuervos. Who? What was that guy's name? Like the, the kid the kid that they managed the team. I don't know. Are you talking about the... He's the, he's the main guy. The, the owner's the dad, you mean? No, the son. The owner's son. The owner... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. his name. I don't know his name either. I know his character and, name. Yeah. What was his name? Salvador Iglesias. There you go. That, that could Salvador see. Iglesias. Yes. I could see Jaime being like Chava having a, an assistant, a Hugo Sanchez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it must be crazy to run a football club. I was uh, I was also watching, like, the Figo story about how he, like, betrayed Barca and how all that went down. I'm like, holy shit, man, this is a dirty sport, man. And see, that's that's on my list. I got to watch that one. That was a uh, Prime Video, right? It's on – no, 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 it's on Netflix. Is it Netflix? Yeah. Okay. And, like, it made me wonder, like, what was the biggest betrayal um, – in Liga Mekis, would you say Ramon Ramirez to America? No, there wasn't a betrayal. Not from the, not from the um, player. He he didn't want to go. He was crying in the press conference. That's what I'm saying. Like, what what was like the biggest like shock transfer from like rival to rival like that? I don't think that was shock at the time because because um, just how big of a icon 
Ramon was for the team and, and the way they just surprised send them away. And that's when the promotora was, they were losing money. So they were just like, you know, fire sale. Everybody has to go. Yeah, I mean, because we've had like players in the past that have played for both America and Chivas, but it wasn't like a direct transfer like that. I mean, Oribe Perata is like the last one in recent history, but to do that, like when they were still like when they were in their prime or where they were literally like the best player on the team, like I can't really think of of another transfer like that, like a shock transfer like that. I was upset when um, Chuy Mendoza left Chivas for America, but he wasn't like that good. It's like the guy that balled out for Pumas was named the Chilean uh, Nico Castillo. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'll never play for America. And then he goes to Europe, comes back to America. Casita uh, <laughs> Rodriguez, a bunch of Chris Azul fans, oh, tattoos yeah. of him with a trophy, leaves a guitar, comes back to America. Like, it's always that, man. Massa, Massa going to a team oh. America. That one did Massa's kind of a good one, yeah. But Massa didn't go like directly. You know what I mean? It no, was like he went, he did a little Europe that, tour and then came back. You gotta blame Chivas for that. And then for you him know, to not like being able to pay. Yeah, and then for him what to miss the money for the, for him to like then like actually like yeah like America's like I enjoyed the America championship more than I did with Chivas. Like all right, fuck you then. Oh, I forgot. I forgot that part. Yeah, that's the one. That's the part where that uh, that was an asshole move. Yeah, it really had me thinking. Like, man, I can't. What if it's true, though? I mean, what if he's just being honest? I'm sure the prostitutes were better. Maybe that's what he means. <laughs> if it, if he was being honest, que chinga su madre el más. <laughs> oh snap! For real, for real. Somebody play that. Eres un estúpido. <laughs> <laughs> finally got that clip down um yeah like sorry this is kind of like going on a different tangent but with like the figo thing like i was a little bit too young to like understand the gravity of that situation but they were trying to explain it to me like yo this is like if messi went from barca to real madrid because he was like the bet he was the player of the year and he was like their- they're literally their best player and like an icon for the team so I do like for for that to happen, bro. Like that's that's pretty crazy. I don't think that would ever happen in football again. I mean, I haven't seen the documentary, but wasn't he kind of like forced to? Like his agent kind of signed it for him. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I don't want to like right. ruin it for everybody, but yeah, there was like a lot of like his agent doing some sketchy ass shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it was like Ramon Ramirez. Like he didn't want to leave. It's not like he betrayed yeah. Barca. Yeah. Did uh, did Ramon Ramirez pull a uh, a gullet peña? <laughs> uh, for some reason, he just always manages to to come up on the podcast every episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are called Cantina, job, man. All this promotion. <laughs> yeah, we are called Cantina. And that's one of his favorite that's places. That's his favorite places. <laughs> don't, don't forget, he did get another job in Honduras, right? So yeah. he's still playing. He's still out there, man. Um, Cruz Azul finally. We should invite him. We yeah. should invite we him. We should. He probably, come he probably would. He, he's like uh, that dude. What was that? Send him a Caguama. He'll probably do it for Caguama. <laughs> What's that dude's name? Uh, oh, 
oh, dude, Marco Fabian, right? You could pay him with 10 bucks and he would he would do a cut a promo for you. <laughs> Who was it, Jaime? He was doing um like cameo the Me- he was doing the Mex- no, no promo work. Yeah, he was doing like the Mexican version of Cameo, which was like uh Oh Cameo like yeah. an app where like you would pay them money and they would give you a shout out and stuff. Oh yeah, I've used that thing, man. <laughs> You've used that thing? I've used I've used Cameo to send some gag gifts to friends, man. Oh wow. Oh yeah. From like what, like you get porn stars to leave a message or no? <laughs> I, I have to media. You need to. Get I, I don't know if you. If you remember? If you, if you remember back in the uh, the 2016 elections, uh, that guy with the red sweater, Ken Bone. No, I don't. <laughs> no. I'll, I'll send you guys a picture of him later. Anyway, I hired him to to talk shit to uh, to one of my friends. So nice. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'm gonna have to check yeah, that app were... app out again. It's been a while. I want to see who's like cheaper now. Who's who's desperate? We were gonna we were gonna get one, but we didn't know what what we wanted someone to say. No, a friend of mine sent sent one with Tito Santana, man, wishing me oh. a happy birthday uh, last year. Oh, damn, dude! <laughs> I don't even know who that is. It's an Tito. old oh, WWE wrestler, man. I don't watch that fake shit, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> you, but, but, I mean, wrestling Men in 80s, spandex? 90s. I'm good, bro. Uh, you're missing out, Ray. I'm but missing I'm... out on some some acting? No, I'm cool. not missing out. You you missed out. Like, <laughs> you you watch Power Rangers. They're, they're wearing yeah. full spandex. I... Kimpa <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a Teletubby fan, man. Nah, fuck off, man. I never watched Teletubbies. <laughs> I never watched. I never watched the kitty shit, bro. Even when I was a kid, I'm like, this is kitty shit. I never. Give me the MTV. Give me like the. <laughs> Give me the raw and uncut of uh, he, Eddie he's Murphy. He's like Pop Sponla de Tunco Maclorio. No, but 80s, 90s wrestling was huge. I bet. And especially WWE was like, it was like um, mainstream, you know, like you had celebrities going to the, and then you had like all this cross promotion where you would have like Mr. T, you know, in WrestleMania and Hogan coming out in the A-team and shit. But I mean, it was there where everybody talked about it, even if you didn't like it. No, um, yeah, these dudes right. will show up in uh yeah, we, we got we got shows. a few years on you, Jaime. I, I remember like Monday Night Raw <laughs> no, and like SmackDown, just, um, and you know you'd get like yeah, fucking. But this is before that. This, yeah. this is like Tito is before that. You had a uh, superstars of wrestling, and you had um Saturday Night's main event. So <laughs> yeah, there was no Raw or, or SmackDown. Yeah, and, but but you going back then, um, Tito was like the biggest name as far as like Latino. You know, if you, you're looking for representation, Tito Santana was like the main dude. Mm. I, don't, I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the band The Darkness. If you haven't, look look them up. It's, it's, it's an English band, and the, the dude thinks he's got a good voice, man, and it's it's, it's a weird-ass voice. Doesn't and every rock year. star think that, though? <laughs> Wait, what does this have to do with Tito? Oh, you got him on cameo? (laughs) I'll have to send... I got that this year for my birthday, so I have to send you that one too, man. You just gave me some good. Sometimes these rock stars, it just sounds like someone just like literally took a hammer to their balls and they're like, yeah! (laughs) They're like, what the fuck, bro? Like, are you good, man? (laughs) 
still have a voice after that. That's crazy. <laughs> um, man, we really got off topic there. But uh, I looked on the Cameo website, and for the top athletes, uh, there's one for you pay like twenty five hundred plus for the message, and it's uh, Caitlyn Jenner. What and the? What uh, athletic achievements does Clay Caitlyn Jenner have? No, I'm um, pretty like... She, like, murdered somebody, so you got that. Wait, Travine or what? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yo, I would pay one for OJ, bro. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> you imagine? <laughs> Antonio Brown's on there. I'd probably pay for Antonio uh, He's Brown. a clown, dude. I can't stand yeah. that guy. <laughs> um, Damn. Speaking I'll of... See if, I'll see if there's any soccer players, but... <laughs> there's Jorginho from Chelsea. Oh, that was surprising. Um, something that I saw on Twitter that kind of bothered me today was uh, Anthony from Ajax. He's a Brazilian player. Just joined Manchester United, hundred million, ridiculous number. And then somebody posted a uh, a photo of his stats at Ajax, and then compared to him uh, what Chucky did in the same time period at PSV, and like Chucky obviously outshined him. Um, but Chucky went for maybe forty million in Napoli, and Anthony went for a hundred. So it's like they play in the same position. They're both wingers, yeah, and they were both relatively like the same age. Um, so it's like I don't understand like these comparisons. Like I don't know what you're trying to get from like posting this. Like oh, we're not good. At, we're not valued in the eyes of the world. Like yeah, we're not, dude. Like we've shown to be like kind of a. 50-50 risky well, thing that, like that, that guy what you said he's a Brazilian and he's a Brazilian yeah Anthony yeah, yeah. and if he's an international that automatically you know that automatically is gonna boost it's like uh, if you have some J's and then you have some unknown Swami shoes that are probably better built but Everybody wants the name brand, so they're gonna cost more money. Did yeah, Chucky Ch- Ch- win a, a, a gold medal or no? No, he didn't, right? Uh, no, no. Ch- he didn't. Oh, okay. But yeah, the comparison doesn't make sense because, like, even like he said, you know, like international star, you know, Brazil's playing quarterfinals, semifinals of the World Cup, and where they show the player, like, what club he's with, you know, yeah, say Manchester exactly. uh, United, like, so yeah. people fall that's in promotion there style of play. Yeah. They will start watching Manchester United games. And also, if you look at the sample size of Mexico players in Europe, majority of them kind of like flop or like low-end results. <laughs> and look at Chucky. They paid the $40 million for him, and he hasn't been that impressive at Napoli. Yeah, Gattuso so bitch why? slapped him, and you know he finally came out, but now he's not there anymore. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't spend $100 million on a player that comes from a country where at the international level those results are not there i'd rather risk it on the brazilian that you know can brazilians consistently produce that top talent and you kind of have a higher chance getting your money's worth and, and, and i think that's team, what the narrative is it's that 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 the brazilians are more of a proven commodity than the yes than the mexican players right so I, I think I, I think they're on board with what what you're saying. I think I think where some people are taking offense is Lozano's numbers are are, are better. Yeah, and and uh, but also that the, to to me the main the main one or one of the main the main reasons is like uh, 
like Pastor said, um, if Brazil, you know, Brazil's playing whatever tournament, they're winning it. That guy's there, you know, it's automatic promotion for man, you know, for man United. It's it's their team's being shown right there. Marketing, you know, marketing's <laughs> such yeah, a yeah, it's a lot. <clears throat> it's a different the game. Thing that stands out to me is why you know all these players are not sending more uh, players to the Dutch league, and the Dutch league is going for more Mexicans because every Mexican player that's gone over to Holland, they've all given the numbers. It seems like a perfect mm-hmm. fit. You you know, Massa, great numbers. Uh, yeah, Massa left as a tronco over there. He was a baller. Guardado. Yeah, and they all responded. Tecatito, yeah. If I was a Dutch league, I'd be going like for the Vegas. There's a. It's an interesting relationship that we our connection we have with Holland because like you know because of what happened in 2014, but they've always shown us love, and it's like it's a great league to like a great stepping stone for our players. Um, yeah, and we'll see what when happens te- with the PSV team- Chivas connection. And it seems like uh, it, it, it guess in the last 20 years or so when Mexican players have gone abroad, the ones that have done the best have gone through the Dutch league as well. Yeah. I mean, look at Edson yeah. right now. Edson's, you know, he's eventually going to be at a big club. Like, after the World Cup, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Um, Eric Gutierrez, I don't know if he's peaked or not, uh, but but it seems like he's doing well now over yeah uh, in the Netherlands as well. Unfortunately, they be, just they just missed out on champions. They got eliminated by Rangers, so he won't yeah. be he won't be there. But right, yeah. Before you go on, I I, I did find something that we can all have a copa, cooperacha for for Joel's birthday on cameo. Oh, nice. So uh, yes. Sven Joran Eriksson. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you said Chepo de la Torre, he'd be like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, are you sure it's Sven Gordon Action or his twin? Because remember, he has a twin out there. He has like, no, it's him. He has an impersonator out there, remember? Oh, I remember. Yeah. Like, he fooled a lot of people, man. People didn't know. Like, they, when he came to Mexico, like, in England, obviously everybody knew, but people didn't know that he, they had an impersonator. And, like, I forgot what club he went to. And, like, they thought, oh, wow, like, he's here. And then it was like, oh, no, we're just fucking with you, bro. I think it was Tuca, right? I think it was Tuca. They went to go like see like Tuca's team, and like they found out it was like not even him. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I wonder what that guy was up to. Is he still coaching? No idea. I don't know. He do whatever he wants. He had a lot of money. The he last team he managed was the Philippines. <laughs> Damn. So random, dude. After Mexico, Ivory Coast, Leicester City. Then he went to China for a bit. And then Philippines, man. That's crazy. I had a beach home. Shout out to Sven Gordon Edison. <laughs> we should get him on the yeah. podcast. I would, dude, I would pay money to interview this guy and tell us the how it went. You don't have to you don't have to pay money. You just have to reach out to him. And um you're just making me realize how how much we're dropping the ball. But for a lot of these, it's just getting in contact and, and going through the right people. And then, um, you know, just, just letting them know. Yeah, I mean, what's he doing now? He's doing cameos and he's in the Philippines, maybe? <laughs> like, he's got nothing else to do. 
But like, obviously, I, w- I want to know a little bit more about his tenure at, at Mexico and how that circus show was. Yeah, I don't know he if it's like book, uh, so he might he might be like just go buy my book. Yeah, because he wrote a book and there was an excerpt excerpt about they would ask him about like why did you choose this hotel or and one of the most telling thing was like how pretty much because you know like FMF is made up of the the club owners uh-huh yeah you know so so uh, every club owner has a seat in the in the FMF and so these guys of course vote for whatever is going to happen with the selection and so he said he had uh, all these dudes always coming up to him like asking him shit and he's like you know he's used to like just talking to one person not like they call these guys that kind of have a they feel they all have a say within the national team yeah like uh i don't know like if there's like a certain amount of period that has to go before you can like ask questions like i don't know if they sign like a what do they call those like a NDA. Yeah. Non-disclosure agreement yeah, or something? Yeah, because, like, all of a sudden you got all these documentaries on Netflix coming out, like, dude, like, are you allowed to say this? It's been, like, 20 years or something? So I don't know if he, yeah. I don't know if there's, like, a minimum amount of time yes. he, he has to wait until talk about, like, Mexico, but... It's dude, safe, dude. It's safe. It's safe. <laughs> I said, I, I said this, I, I said this in a podcast, I don't know if it was last year, where it's, like, with some of these stories where we hear wild shit, eventually, like, you'll hear what happened. For example, uh, with Hugo Sanchez in the 94 World Cup against Bulgaria when he gets up to warm up and then Mejia Baron doesn't put him in. And there was like for years, all these like, you know, that Televisa called and said, no, sit him down. And so many other things, you know, people, people coming up with their own reasons. And then Eventually, he talked about it. You know, they all talked about it. <clears throat> and it wasn't as controversial as, mm. you know, a lot of people made it seem to be. Um, yeah, so, wonder, yeah but, but I mean, it, I took wonder, years, it took like 20 years for them to like kind of open up about it. I wonder how many years it's going to take for us to find out why Vela was being a little bitch. <laughs> Maybe like five more years. When he retires, they don't give a shit. I mean, I think we already know. Combination of the toxicness of the media and him. But he hasn't wanted to say, you know. Yeah, like I agree with you, but they're gonna rip him a new butthole if he says that it's the media's fault. It'll be nonstop. <laughs> I love him. We'll rip him all day. <laughs> he needs uh, asylum. That, guy, that guy's a windbag, but I actually would love to hear his take on Vela. I, I just think. He probably just doesn't want to burn bridges or anything because you never know. The saying is you never know. But I do think eventually he's going to be in a, in some position where it's like it, it doesn't matter. And he'll just like, he'll just be upfront about it. I heard a clip about like uh, Guardado talking about he was in what with the World Cup training and like La Volpe, he was really nervous. He kept making mistakes, and La Volpe's like, "Ah, yes, it is horrible, terrible. Like, why did I even call you up? You know." <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. I may tie up something we talked about, maybe a podcast or two. 
Are you just going to leave us the cliffhanger or what? <laughs> no, no, I thought, I thought you were still going. No, 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 the floor is yours, man. <laughs> that was it? Wait, that was it? Thank you for no, listening I've to my TED that. Talk. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that clip's been floating around a little bit lately. Yeah, where Guardado's talking about the way uh, La Volpe was with him. Uh, leading yeah. up to that, and then he ended up playing him in the game versus Argentina, yeah. even well, though he, he called them terrible. He was trying to motivate him, and and so he would tell him, "Dude, you fucking suck. Why are you even here?" And I guess it wasn't working. And he said, "How I think it was uh, Ramon Morales would tell him, like, dude, just you My know, don't pay attention to him. Yeah, he's, he's challenging <laughs> you. He's testing your character." But, but gee, this is this is uh, I think I guys telling you guys when I asked Hans Westerhoff about what he told the young guy before he threw him in the, to play. Yeah. Well, like, did it? you talk? Hmm? I I didn't hear it. What 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 did he say? Oh, okay. So just really quick, there was a game of Chivas when Hans was coach, and it was like their last game of the season, and they needed they needed to win it to go into repechaje or liguilla. Either or, and then Chivas goes down a man, and they're losing one zero. And he brings in uh, Canterano with very little game, and he he puts him into play. And he, I think he does two assists, and Chivas ends up winning. And so I, I I ran into I ran into Hans, and I say, what what you tell this kid? You know, like he's going into this game, and it's an important game. This guy not really played. And he was just looking at me like, what is he, you know, like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I don't have to tell him anything. Like, this is what he trains for. He, he should know what to do, you know? I don't have to explain anything. Like, I'm putting it in because he plays in that position, and that was that. And I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, and so, like, I see kind of the difference between, like, like Latin American, you know, how we see football and some of the other Europeans. Yeah. Or it's, it's cause for them, it's a bit more systematic, you know, they have like a system and you play a certain way. And that's, that's kind of what he was saying. That's what he trains for day in, day out. So then when his, his turn comes to play, he already, this is what you've been training for. Right. So just do it. And, and that's, and then, so Guardado talked about when he puts them against Argentina, when La Volpe puts him, he tells him, just just make believe you're wearing the Atlas shirt and you're playing at the Jalisco. Yeah, that was that clip, and that, yeah. And he motivated him like that. And so I was not expecting an answer like that, you know. <laughs> and it was the complete opposite. Uh, and I think both things can work, you know. Obviously, you work toward them, but it's just differences in, like, how the food, you know, football culture, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, no. In my old in my old days here, I, the, the coach, most of the coaches I had had that similar mentality to Hans, right? It's uh, it's uh, if I have to motivate you, then what the hell are you doing here, right? <laughs> I, yeah. I got that. I had a coach who was Norwegian, man, and probably ah, the best coach I had. And there you and, go. <laughs> uh, and he would tell us, if I have to motivate you, then what the what? The, he was a lot more, you know, a lot more blunt. Yeah, but no. I was like, what the f are you doing here? More like like at the training is where you're like proving why you why you belong. Right, right. And so it was effective. Yeah, yeah and see, this is where the, this the guy. True. Yeah, it also depends True. on the player. You can't be doing that to like. Typically, the ones that are the most like sensitive are always like the. 
sensitive, like uh, Marco Fabian. <laughs> words, words hurt. <laughs> Dude, I never heard that press conference, and then someone played it, and it was hella that was crazy. Ricardo. Yeah. And I wish I had never heard it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was getting clowned on. I was like, that's kind of fucked up. But yeah. I, I just, I, that was that for me. I didn't even care to dig in. And then I finally, years after, I, I get to hear it. And I was like, I don't remember this that dude either. sounds like a little yeah. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder, though, are, are, are we going to have uh, a, like a. A moment like that with a selection against Argentina, are we gonna see like Marcelo Flores get thrown out to the wolves like Guardado did in 06? No. No. <laughs> no. And and we won't have no motivational no. quotes either. We sound no. that's gonna motivate his guys to go beat Argentina. He's just like, Who knows yeah, if, if for, he's, guys. Go do your best. If he has some Menotiism in him, because that's a lot of what Menotti did, you know. Uh if you hear his stories, even from players and you know that they played under him and that's that's one of the things he he liked to do um find ways to motivate players and you know get them more inspired I, I'm a, one of the most but, famous ones is when uh joaquin low subbed in mario goats in the world cup final oh yeah um, told them hey go show the world why you're better than messi and then goats goes and scores that goal gives germany the cup Damn. Yeah. What I'm expecting is Tata to show up like Vasco Aguirre in 2010 with a hat <laughs> over his eyes and... <laughs> oh, not even answering his own questions in the press. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. No, I, I don't know. I, honestly, I think... I, I honestly think uh, uh, Tata's probably going to go for the result and try to get a draw on that. I don't know, man. Those Argentinians are pretty uh, patriotic, and they're obsessed with the World Cup. They would throw their grandmother to the wolves to guarantee them a World Cup trophy. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying we're going to have another Chile situation? I don't know. I, I, I think so. I think Tata definitely uh, – because he coached Argentina, right? He didn't get results from him. He I did. think the man wants to see his country win a World Cup. And if that yeah, but it's, it's 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 a group stage game, you know. It's not like we're well, Mexico's meeting them at a at a semifinals. I think so in, let's say they tie like Poland, and now you're playing them or something like that. You know, you don't want to risk it. There's no guarantees that Argentina will be Poland. I have a feeling like we're gonna do it in the most Mexico way possible, like. Kind of like how we did against like Germany, like no one expected us to win that match, and then like the match that we thought we had, like we we lost, you know. I and the other thing when, when Mex <laughs> when Mex are underdogs, they usually play better when they're when they're expected to suck. They always end up doing better. <clears throat> Wait, when, we play when Poland doing first, good. right? Damn. So you're saying we beat Poland, <laughs> Argentina, lose to Saudi Arabia? No, I think we, <laughs> I think we're gonna like. Beat Argentina. I don't know why. Hey, uh, I, I, I see it possible. If you could beat Mexico's, beat them in group stage. And then, before. and then you know, because like I think after like we might play against like what like the France group. I forget. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think like we're gonna get like Mexicoed out like in the most way possible. Where like where everyone thought France was gonna be like the the winner of the group, 
Like we're gonna win our group, and then we're gonna play France because they they were second up in their group. Like, like in the in the most Mexico way possible. Like, there's your reward. <laughs> nah, France is scary, uh, man. France is good, bro. Like, I know, like the 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 curse of the World Cup. I don't know that that's gonna be the case this year. Yeah, they're crazy deaf. They could feel three national teams so they won the tournament. African All-Stars. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I'm a little more optimistic as we're a little a little further into the year. Had we played I think had we played over the summer, I'd expect uh, yeah. the the three and out, right? Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, there's there's a little <clears throat> bit of life in the in the attack, right? And so you know, so so long as you can score, you got you got yourself a freaking chance. So I'm 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 like I'm like I'm like uh, I don't oh. know the word, but I'm like indifferent. Yeah, I don't. I could see them doing bad, and I could see them winning the group. Like it's a coin toss. It's either gonna go really, really well, or it's just gonna be a fucking shit show, dude. There's no in between. <laughs> Yeah, I really lean more towards the negative just because we don't have like an identity of style. With La, La Volpe, you knew how they were going to play. You knew it was going to be possession based, short passes, play from the back. With like Tata and his team, you never know. One day's like possession, the other day's all long ball. Sometimes like, let's see what works. And right now, Messi, you know, it's his last chance. He's going to be super motivated to come out and uh, oh, yeah. throw Argentina on his back. But on the plus side, they don't really have, like, that many superstars, like, on the actual, like, national team. Like, you know, outside of Messi, there's not a lot of guys that kind of, like, put a little fear into you. And then uh, Lewandowski, he really wants a Ballon d'Oro. That's the only reason he moved to Barcelona. Because, you know, there's something about playing for Barcelona in Madrid that if you do great with them, it, like, puts you up in the pecking order of Ballon d'Oro. So uh, that's also going to trend translate to him winning do well the international level but i'll tell you those two guys if you look at a poland in the nation's league a few months ago they were terrible if, if they don't have lewy poland's not a threat it's gonna be an easy one for mexico yeah thank god that it's not gonna be barcelona lining up on that first group stage match it's it's gonna be poland so outside of lewandowski maybe pulling one out of his ass uh fair game but obviously, we saw how he did against Pumas, and that was like, oh my god, he made us look like a fucking joke. But that's Pumas, you know. <laughs> that's good though. Um, he probably has the idea that Mexican national teams gonna be an easy cup to play Pumas. Yeah, that was like, uh, who was saying that? Was it the, was it the Czechs? They were talking shit before the World Cup, and then uh, about Croatia oh, was losing. The Croatians. The Croatians, there you go. Oh, yeah, Croatia was talking mad. <laughs> Dude, Croatia was talking mad shit, bro. bro. Said our knees were going to tremble. Like, that's mad disrespectful between, like, professionals, you know? Like, it's not like Mexico came out and, like, talk shit. But to say, like, the opposing players' knees are going to tremble, like, come on now. Bro, we're we... trying to hype up their own players, you know? Guardado, they have that sick celebration, though, where he pointed at his knee and, like, went, no, no, no. Oh, that was nasty. Yeah. The other thing I the other thing I remember about that game is uh I forget what's the name of the manager for Croatia? Do you remember oh. his name? Oh Kovic, right? Or yeah. no. I think yeah. Yeah, is it Kovic? Yeah. He ended up coaching uh, Fabian in Germany. 
in Germany, yeah. But I remember him standing next to Piojo, and Piojo obviously much better looking than that guy, man. Wait, are, we think, are we talking about the same guy? Because this was one handsome man. No, no, I'm being sarcastic, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then yeah, that's how, that how you feel. Pinche Piojo, feo, cabrón. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm actually looking at the schedule. I got to put this in my calendar. I got to request the days off. But no, I think we we're going to be good because uh, Mexico plays Poland on the 22nd. And that is a Tuesday. And then the game against Argentina is uh, on a Saturday. And this is all during Thanksgiving week. And then they finish off with uh, Saudi Arabia on November 30th. Such a weird time to have a World Cup, man. By that point, I'll be uh, all of our stuff should be done in Oakley, man. Might have to have you over for that Argentina game. Ooh, nice. Let's go. <laughs> See, Jaime just wants that. Uh, he wants that beer cocktail, the one that has like shrimps on top of it. <laughs> that michelada with shrimps and a celery stick and. A turkey leg. <laughs> yeah. A sparkler. That's the only thing I'm not looking forward to is like the pisteada is going to be different in the wintertime. Oh, yeah. During like, yeah, it's it's not the same as like the summertime. You got the barbecue going and yeah, no. But should be a good World Cup. But uh, yeah, folks. Just- shows you the corruption. Everything they changed just for Qatar to be able to host this World <laughs> yeah. Cup. Like from humans' rights issues to like switching up the whole international schedule for all the leagues, like uh, so just so much just so they could host it. Miami, Miami, you know the saying: say no to racism, but f it, slavery's fine. Yeah, slavery or or their um, what is it? Homophobic. Say no to the puto chant, but you get penalized for death if you're gay. It's hard. So. Throw you from the rooftop. Yeah, that's crazy. Which, which was for me the thing where I saw these like influencers that you know they were going against Puto Chan and and saying all this like promote this promote that and then uh, they invite them to Qataria Ivan and Chinga and it's like well what happened to supporting this these causes because you're just you know what happened to that yeah money happened <laughs> free, free, free trips and money. money. Yeah, the, the all the goodies are gonna get. It's like, oh, folks! I just saw the World Cup jerseys that Puma made, and I am just glad that we are not sponsored by Puma. Holy shit, they look like garbage. They look like calendars. Damn, it is bad. I saw a Nike one. I saw a Nike one for the U.S. A blue one. It looks bad too, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, folks, do you have any uh, closing thoughts before we wrap up this episode? It's been a it's been a good night. A lot of action going on. Appreciate you guys hopping on. Um, no, uh, just just uh, looking forward to the Mistoso against Paraguay. I guess as the World Cup gets closer, some of these games tend to, you know, get a bit more exciting. Start thinking who who's gonna who's gonna be in that final twenty six. Yeah. Just be mindful as you're watching this shit show tomorrow. 
half of the rosters going to Qatar. So let that sink in. <laughs> yeah, and if this dude is already doing shirt promos, I'm, I feel like he's he's there already. Pastor, what you got for us? Uh, as guys say, uh, looking to the forward to the weekend, lots of games. Uh, that Atlas Pumas one stands out to me. If Dani Alves and his boys cannot beat Bad Luck Atlas, uh, I don't know what to tell them. Might as well just quit the league. And then uh, <laughs> with that, outside of that, America Tigres looking Ooh. like a good game too. Uh, same thing with Toluca mm-hmm. and Chivas. You know, top teams facing oh. each other. Ooh. And it puts a great, great uh, pre-show for uh, Classical. And then as far as the uh, national team friendly, not really looking forward to it, but I want to see if we get the traditional Alexis Vega with Selección that hasn't done too much, or we get that Chivas Alexis Vega. So that's going to be interesting. That's a good observation there. Do, do we get football champagne Alexis Vega? <laughs> or do we get uh, OE Old English? <laughs> Malt liquor. I, I personally just don't want anyone to get injured, bro. That's my biggest fear. Oh, that's true. I forgot it's about It's too that. much of a liability. There's now. some there's some cursed conchas out there. Um we could probably I think Atlanta will be fine. But uh I mean we already lost the gatito, so I like I, the last thing we need is more people to get injured, but unless his name's Pizarro, that's totally fine. Uh <laughs> He can, hey, uh, that man gave us titles. Put some respect on it. Nah, that's great and all, but he's he's not playing for Chios anymore, and he shouldn't be playing for the Selección. I'll tell you that. But he, he didn't get titles for the Selección, though. Yeah, man. Um, America Tigres, that should be a good one. Uh, both teams are doing well. America's just, they just keep winning games. But uh, there's definitely an incentive for Chivas to win against Toluca. You know, they're ne- neck and neck on the... It's literally six for seven. And that victory would put Chivas closer to the top four. So, should be good. Super Elbow, what you got for us, man? Closing thoughts? No, no I, was, I, I was eyeballing that uh, Toluca-Chivas game. You know, I'm curious to see how uh, how Mr. Chain will do against a, uh, a solid coach like... Um, like Nacho Ambriz. So just curious about that game. I was actually looking forward to it. And then, of course, you know, we actually will be moved into Oakley next month, right? We got contractors working on the house. So, Jaime, you're going to have to tell me where good spots to go watch the games are, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I got you on that. All right. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Pachuca put a 4-1 spot on Toluca last week. And uh, we do have that rivalry with Toluca over the years. So uh, I'm looking forward to that game on Sunday. And also tomorrow we'll see how, how Mexico does. But uh, I want to thank you guys all for hopping on tonight on Twitter Spaces. And don't forget, we're also on YouTube. So make sure to follow us on our socials. And uh, we'll keep you posted with the memes and, and obviously the, the novella and the drama that goes on in between episodes. But we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you guys so much. Everyone have a great night.